Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 423 of the world's most dangerous podcast, The Riverfront. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me once again this week, your friend and mine, not actually my friend, he's my brother, so I'm forced to hang around with him, Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? You know, it was a beautiful spring day here in Central Virginia. I went to some hot yoga, um, almost passed out several times. Um, feeling good, feeling, feeling healthy, feeling cleansed. Ready to talk about our beloved, beloved Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> they are beloved, uh, although they don't uh, they don't love us back. So yeah, the Reds. Um, this is fun. The Reds have uh, are now three and twenty two. We keep having <laughs> we keep having weeks as pockets where we're like, um, yeah, they did they didn't win a game last week. They're three and twenty two on the season. They have lost 20 out of 21 games since Phil Castellini vomited all over the uh, field at uh, Great America Ballpark. They have won one of the last seven series. Oh, no, wait a minute. Let me take that back. In the last seven series, they've won one game. (laughs) It's it's the most ridiculous stretch. The second worst start in the history of MLB. Tied for the second worst start in the history of Major League Baseball. It's just a disaster. And I don't know. I'm... I'm kind of here for it. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more, Nate. But uh, what do you think? It's like a it's like a train wreck, you know. You can't look away. You don't want to look away. You feel bad for all the people involved, most of them. The conductor who uh, you know didn't pay for maintenance of the track, which led to the uh, the accident. You don't feel too bad for him, but everybody else. Um, we keep tuning in, and the weird part is, you know, threads go on a hot streak and start winning a bunch of games. Awesome. We're gonna be fired up. But as in the meantime, I have been slightly and somewhat enjoying these losses. Stack them up. Let's be historically bad. <laughs> you know, uh, I want to I want to unpack that just a little bit. We had a good viewer mail question about that that we'll get into. But uh, <laughs> our, our, our friend of the pod, uh, Carlos Guevara, he uh, he he his he had a, a statement that uh, I thought pretty well summed up what's happened so far. He said, uh, "I missed the lockout." <laughs> yeah. You know. Who knew, you know, it's, it's again, uh, we want the Reds to win. And and I do feel bad for the players on the field. We, we like these guys, uh, even though we've never heard of about two thirds of them before this season, but we, yeah, we like these guys and we, we would not be here if we weren't Reds fans and cheering for the Reds and, and, and one of the Reds to win. I mean, come on, this is episode number 423. I think we've uh, established the fact that uh, we want this team to win, but 
uh, it, something kind of crazy has happened here, which is that we had all the, the crazy stuff before the season when the Reds just went nuts on us. And so we started, started back the, the fire or sell the team Bob stuff. And then, you know, we had the, the billboard and the t-shirts and then, you know, we had someone with a, a, a plane flying the banner around and, uh, we've had people wearing the bags on their heads, not just in Cincinnati, but on the road uh, out in Colorado. And um, and all of that, of course, exacerbated by Phil Castellini uh, and his ridiculous comments on the Reds' home, home opener. And so if the Reds had just been, you know, garden variety bad since the Castellini comments, we'd be like, oh, this is, this is brutal. But they've been so bad that it's almost historically bad. It is historically bad. I mean, it's the second worst start in the history of Major League Baseball. And it all comes after, I mean, they're a 500 record when uh, Castellini made his comments. So, yeah, I'm not rooting for the Reds to win. But on the other hand, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of twisting the screws a little bit on Phil the more they lose it. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, not enjoying it. <laughs> Does that make any sense at all? We're still watching, you know. Um, I don't think any of us ever thought the billboard campaign or any of these T-shirts or anything was going to lead to some sort of wholesale change. But if there was going to be a catalyst, losing all of your games might be the catalyst. Yeah, you know, right. We 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 never thought. We thought this is yeah. We're 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 poking at him a little bit. But this combined with the nonsense on the field has made it just look like the Reds are the laughing stock uh, of baseball. It just it's uh, that's what's happened, and the Castellanes have to be have to be feeling that. Mm-hmm. I want to. Uh, go ahead and dive into our first viewer mail question. We have a bunch of great viewer mail questions uh, this week, and we'll get into more of them later. Um, but actually, I, I want to mention something about these viewer mail questions. It, um, I'm amazed at that we get more viewer mail questions every week, that our, 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 our friends and family at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy are still so engaged. The Reds are awful. And they're so engaged, and I don't know. I love, I love all of you. I appreciate the fact that you're still so engaged and asking these questions. This one comes from John Majewski, and it kind of talks about some of the things we're discussing. Again, all uh, viewer mail questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy, the family. John asks, I've been so disenchanted with the Reds that I've gone through a period of intentional withdrawal. If the Reds' ownership and management don't care, why should I? The mounting losses, though, have oddly brought me back into following the Reds. The Reds are so bad right now, there's something epic and historic to it. I find myself invested in the fact that the Reds could be the worst team in MLB baseball history. Nobody would care about the Reds if they lost 90 games, but losing 120 is altogether different. Not only does it have a fascinating, epic quality to it, but what better way to embarrass ownership and management than being the worst team of all time? My question, and this is what we need to debate, Nate, is it morally acceptable for Reds fans to cheer for their team to lose as a way of sticking it to ownership? Is that morally acceptable? <laughs> it's questionable. It's very, very questionable. And I think that we'll get some good, uh, some good feedback from the audience on this. But my take is I can still root for Joey Votto to go four for five with two home runs and the Reds lose 10 to nine. I can still root <laughs> for Luis Castillo to come back off the IL, pitch a gym, and then Buck Farmer blow it in the night. And I think that the race for 121 might be more entertaining, definitely, than a 90-loss season where the Reds and Pirates battle it out for the uh, the, you know, the seller of the NL Central. So 
it, it doesn't make me feel good. I'm, I'm not going to uh, remember it fondly. But if we're going to be invested, we're going to keep watching. I'm all about it. The race to 121. Let's be the worst team in baseball. <laughs> and when Nate says the race to 121, obviously he's referring to the 1962 New York Mets, who lost 120 games, uh, the most losses in modern Major League Baseball history. Uh, is it morally acceptable? Actually, I want I, I want you all to drop your comments uh, uh, below the video here on YouTube if you're on if you're on YouTube or if you're uh, listening on one of the audio platforms where the, the, the podcast is available, uh, tweet at us at Riverfront Cincy. He's at I'll give you Chad's, I'll give you, I'll give you Chad's personal number. You can just text him directly. Just text me. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, if you're, if you're part of the, the Patreon family, I might actually let you have that. Uh, so you can text me during the game. Uh, well, I wish I hadn't said that. Well, Nate, edit that now out no, later. Now nobody's going to subscribe. <laughs> but is it morally acceptable? It's a good question. You know, I think I think it is. It, it, gosh, I can't believe we're saying this. I, we're not rooting against the Reds. I, I, I love Votto. I love India. I love Tyler Stevenson. Uh, you know, unconditionally. But no actual change will happen. I don't know that any actual change is going to happen anyway because Bob Castellini and, and, and company are going to make money regardless of how many games the Reds lose this year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what's sad about this whole scenario. But. The fact the Reds have been so bad early in the year has brought such national attention to the Castellina disaster that it would not hurt my feelings if the Reds lost 121 games. Now that's not going to happen. I, they're not, I, I can't see any way that happens. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy, but um, I don't I don't see that happening. But that's a whole different uh, <laughs> three wins. Somebody wins. <laughs> they. Uh, there's a big difference between losing 90, 95 games, which is just a garden variety bad team that's just not fun to watch. And we've been there. We, the Reds had four of those in the last decade. Yeah. A uh, hundred plus losses. The Reds uh, franchise record is 101 back in 1982. Now that's something different. Even, even if we don't get to 121, they could get to 102 losses. And that's also a big deal because in the, you know, 300 mm-hmm. year history of the Cincinnati Reds, something like that. That would be the most they've ever lost right after, uh, you know, Castellini comes out and tells us to have a little faith in what they're doing. So I think it is defensible to not root for them to lose because I can't quite bring myself around to rooting for them to lose every day. But when they lose, to just kind of smile and kind of giggle and be like, oh, you know what? We're that much closer to embarrassing Phil Castellini. And so uh, in that sense, uh, I think it is morally defensible. But on the other hand, you know – it's tough for me to come around to that. Yeah, root for the Reds to win, but you can take a little twisted pleasure in anything that uh, you know worsens Phil's day. And you know, the fact of the matter is, if they lose, it's a it's a pain. But what you need to understand is, this is just baseball, and I know you all are obsessed with baseball enough to be listening to a couple of yahoos talking about baseball, Reds baseball. But still, you know. Um, you can get angry if you want, and I encourage you to get angry enough to wear your uh, bags over your heads at the stadium if you go out to the stadium or not go to the stadium as all as I'm not going to. I encourage all that. Do what you want to do. Um, but on the other hand, uh, you know, it's just baseball, and I, I would I would say you can get angry, but if you do, understand the Castellinis don't care if you're angry unless you make a statement of not going to the game or, um, you know, wearing those bags, for example, on your head. So, um they're going to make money either way. So just try to get, try to, try to laugh 
about it. And that's what we're trying to do. That's my advice. Just just laugh about it. Have some fun. Yeah, that that six six to three win in our loss. Sorry, in game one of the Brewers series, that was boring. Give me eighteen to four every day. <laughs> I laughed more during the eighteen to four. Because I knew they didn't have a chance of winning after the first inning. And so you're like, oh, man, how bad can it get? They're going to put a position player on the mound. And they did. It was Matt Reynolds. And uh, the question I had for, for people was, 12 months from now, if you look at the, the uh, Reds' baseball reference page for the 2022 Reds, and you see that Matt Reynolds pitched an inning, will you remember that he was a position player? Or will you just think he's another one of the like, forgettable relievers that have crossed through Cincinnati uh, over the past few years? Who, you may not, I still don't know, actually, a day later. <laughs> oh gosh! You want to talk about Hunter Green? I guess we have to. Oh, actually, um, I, actually, actually, can I? Before we do that, I think there's something we should add into this uh, about laughing. There was a there was a thread on Reddit that I think we should uh, <laughs> <laughs> mention this week. This podcast is going to go live on Friday, and <laughs> I got to think about how to say this, but um. <laughs> This is one of the funniest things. We're talking about laughing through the pain. Nate, do you want to talk about it with about trying to use as delicate a language as you can? I'll just read the uh, the headline of this guy's post. Um, he's an Ohioan Redditor. That's his name. Um, his nickname on there is Toyota Tundra Defecator. He said, during the, <laughs> <laughs> during the Friday, May 6th game against the Pirates, I will be scaling the wall to defecate in the bed of the Toyota Tundra. If anyone can take photos of me, I'd appreciate it. Also, if anyone is down to uh, poop in the bed of the truck, meet me under the smokestacks in the top of the fourth inning. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, oh, my goodness. It's I'm watching the game on Friday. Me. Meet me under the smokestacks. <laughs> I'm watching the game on Friday just to see if uh, if that happens. I mean, it's it's a joke, I guess, but that is a funny thing uh, I've ever read. The top comment on the thread was, nice try, Bob. We're still not coming to the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was Bob trying to amp up the uh, the attendance. It's the new oh, bobblehead. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, just, uh, you know, um, if, if, you're, if you're the Toyota Tundra defecator, reach out to us. We love you. Um <laughs> And and that's not the first time that on Reddit that someone's asked someone to take pictures of them defecating. I'm sure, but um, that's just Reddit yeah. for you. But oh man, uh, Nate sent that to me um, before it, I, even before I saw it going around on social media. He sent it to me. And I laughed for five minutes about this guy. <laughs> of all the protests, I thought the billboard was a good thing. I thought the the paper bags on your head was a good thing. <laughs> Dropping the deuce in the Toyota Tundra, man. You should get a they free Tundra for that. They didn't have enough money to re-sign Nick Castellanos, but they will put some resources towards uh, guarding that tundra <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm not encouraging you to go to the game because I'm past that point, but if you are at the game on Friday night, please go out there around the fourth inning, take some pictures to see if the Reds have some security out there. Because just the fact that the Reds have security out there because they <laughs> they they knew, saw the Reddit thread, that will amuse me even more. So, uh, oh, man. <laughs> the Toyota well, Tundra well, defecator and the guy that flew the banner. Like, please reach out. We want to have you on. Yes, we will have you on the show. I want to talk to you. Uh, although we may have to, uh, we may have to screen the uh, the Toyota Tundra defecator, and maybe I, I worry about what he would do on the podcast. So that may not be live, but that's fair. Patreon All right. only. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. 
the riverfront after dark. Uh, Hunter Green. I guess we need to talk about Hunter Green. Um, Hunter's velocity was back up in his most recent start, and so I, I was really by that. Yeah, really excited when he threw that first fastball. I think the first one was ninety nine. I was like, okay, this is this is good. Like my biggest concerns are alleviated. But he gave up home run after home run, and I don't know. You know, Hunter. You look up at the end of the day, Hunter Green's numbers are just flat, not good right now. And so some people are freaking out. And look, I'm not going to try to defend Hunter Green by saying that, uh, you know, he's been amazing. His first couple starts, there were so many encouraging things. Even in the bad starts, there have been encouraging things. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the results are not there. Uh, he's not the only one, but the results are not there. So uh, the, the big question is, are we worried about Hunter Green? And uh, I know some people are. Uh, what do you think, Nate? I'm not worried yet. Um, he's young. The guy is super, super young. Bingo. He, des- he deserves every bit of leeway. He only had you know, however many innings pitched in AAA. Um, there's a lot of people right now clamoring for him to go back to AAA. I don't know if you saw uh, Kyle Bodie had a great Twitter thread outlining why no, he should in fact be uh, you know earning these stripes in the majors. Let's give the guy time. He's so young. He is. He's his whole career ahead of him. He's learning on the fly, and he's electric. I'm not worried yet. Yeah, yeah. That is the only answer here, and so I'm glad you said that because we didn't discuss it ahead of time. If you'd have given a wrong answer, I would have been upset. But uh, he's 22 years old. We every time, literally, you go back over the 423 episodes of this show. Every time the Reds have a young pitcher come up that has some kind of promise, we make a point to say they're going to struggle. Greg Maddox. One of the inner circle best pitchers ever. Now, I'm not suggesting that Hunter Green is on the Greg. He's a completely different pitcher than Greg Maddox, for one thing. But he had an ERA over five after his first two seasons in the big leagues. Okay? They, they're up and down. Young pitchers are up and down because it's hard to pitch in the major leagues. Now, that said, Hunter Green's been bad. Uh, it's not been good. It's, it's the home run ball, largely. Uh, and largely, that's because he hasn't been able to locate like he wants to. And so, yes, he has plenty of things to work on. And I, I did want to talk about that Kyle Bodie thread. You all may remember Kyle Bodie. He used to work for the Reds. He's like one of the biggest uh, names in pitching development. And he was doing a great job for the Reds. And the Reds ran him off because they wanted to go in a different direction. I got a question for you. Um, we're big fans of Derek Johnson on this podcast. We have been for a while. There's been a lot of concerning trends with the Reds. Um, early on this season, the, the the walks and the control issues have been a huge, huge issue. Do you have any sort of worry that you know the uh, the organizational philosophy has just kind of already trickled its way all the way up the ladder, or do you think it's just blips on the radar? I, I actually think that it's it's more a blip on the radar. I, I do have full confidence in Derek Johnson, but you're you're not wrong. I mean, um, it's because it, because it's not just. You know the 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 Reaver San Martins of the world. Ooh. It's Tyler Maui, who's not looked good early on. But you know, again, we're still in April, right? Oh gosh, we're not in <laughs> April. It's still relatively early, though. Um, not early enough that the Reds are going to get climbed back into this uh, pennant race. But no, I'm not. I, Derek Johnson has shown me enough since he's been with the Reds that I'm a I'm a true believer, and it's going to take a lot for me to 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 uh, move away. But on the other hand, you're right. He's not – nothing that the Reds pitchers have done so far this season have 
make you think, oh, Derek Johnson's working his magic again. Yeah, short and, um, short and spring training probably has a little bit to do with that. And I was, I was hoping you'd say that. But, like, you know, we had that great opening start by Hunters, and obviously everybody gets all amped up. And then there's days like today. I mean, that Brewers lineup is not the 27 Yankees. Um, yeah, they got Christian Yelich and some guys, but they're not one of the best lineups in the league. What about Rowdy? Rowdy. Rowdy Tellers. And uh, Will, oh Willie God. Adams, who uh, – I don't know if you saw that article, that, that leak, that intentional leak it was almost a red. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's that, that, yeah, I saw that. Uh, uh, Willie Adamas. Yeah. He, uh, the red should have gone and the red should have gone and gotten, they should have. Now they shouldn't have traded Jonathan India for him, but that's sure. again, local, pr- local print media covering, uh, trying to provide cover for the Cincinnati Reds. Imagine that mm. the Cincinnati Inquirer, the only outlet that did not cover the, the, uh, the billboard, hmm, surprising, and yet they post a they publish every other day something uh, defending the Castellanis. Anyway, whatever. I'm getting off topic. I'm upset with the uh, not the beat writers. I think they're doing the best they can. Bobby Nightingale and and uh, uh, the kid. But um, anyway, Kyle Bode. Let me let me get back to that really quick because I I think what he said about uh, Hunter Green today was really important. Because some people are talking about sending Hunter Green down, and yeah, I, if the Reds wanted to send Hunter Green down to the AAA. I, I couldn't sit here and say that it's a terrible idea, except for the fact they had no one in AAA to replace him. But um, here's what he says. He says, people are talking about Hunter Green, and this was on uh, Twitter, at Driveline Bases. People are talking about Hunter being best off in the minor leagues to develop, which I get, but there are three major issues with this well-meaning approach. So I'll do a quick tweet thread on it. He says, number one, Hunter is one of the five best starting pitchers the Reds have. Yeah. Uh, so if he's one of the best candidates, he should be in the big leagues. That's obvious. Now, that comes around to something that I've been saying since uh, the, the Nick Senzel prospect days, which is the Reds have consistently refused to have the 25, back then 26, best players on the in the organization on the Major League Baseball roster. Here, Hunter Green is, for better or worse, he's one of the best five-starting pitchers the Reds have in the organization right now. So that makes sense. Uh, number two, you've got to be careful turning real games into video games. A triple-A game isn't a pitch design session. It has a loser and a winner. Winning a game is itself a skill to develop. And number three, it isn't clear Hunter would be adequately challenged in the minor leagues. This is the important part, I think. Yes, his triple-A numbers are only okay, but he was only 21-22 and barely threw a third pitch. He simply outstuffs the minors. His development will be completed at the major league level, sometimes painfully. So, I, you know, I thought that was a pretty, uh, pretty interesting way to look at it from a guy who knows Hunter Green who knows mm-hmm. pitching development. And I, I think it might just be a case where we have to uh, kind of suffer through some bad times with Hunter Green and be patient with the kid and let him learn how to get big league hitters out. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you had any other thoughts about that, Nate, but uh, that uh, it was pretty compelling to me. Yeah, I think I, I found it difficult to argue with pretty much anything he said. Um, I just asked people, how good were you at your job four years after you left high school? Probably still needed some seasoning. And he is doing something, one of the hardest things to do in the entire planet. It's true. Four years after I was out of high school, I was unemployable. I was still in school. But anyway, um, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to think about it. Just be patient with Hunter Green. Yes, some of the results have been ugly. He's, he has to figure some things out. But if you can't see at age 22, that kid has more talent 
in his, uh, you know, uh, uh, pitching pinky than uh, most pitchers on earth, then you, I, I don't know what you want out of, the, out of the kid. He's 22. Come on. Get off his back. Yes, it, I'm, he's not happy about today. I'm not happy about what, what happened uh, today when we're recording on, on Thursday after his bad start. But get off his back. He'll be fine. He will be fine. Um, hey, you want to hear a good stat? Please. Cincinnati Reds starting pitchers have thrown 100 innings pitched so far this year. Exactly 100 innings pitched. How many earned runs have they given up in those 100 innings? Ooh. I, you don't have to guess. 100 innings? 100 innings. I'm going to tell you. That's an unfair question. 99. Oh. The Reds have given up 99 earned runs. Let's get those numbers up, boys. Get those numbers <laughs> that from, up. That comes from our friend Joel Luckup, uh, who posted that on Twitter. Uh, that's an ERA of almost exactly nine runs. 9.00 almost. 8.99999. Whew, not good. One thing I'm not surprised by, I was looking through some of the team pitching stats. Leading the league in uh, hit, hit by pitches. Batters hit by a pitch. Seems like every time I... Look up at the screen, somebody's getting hit. So I was not surprised to see that they were uh, league leaders there. Winning at something. Yeah, really. And the Pirates and Clint Hurdle are not throwing at him these days. Maybe they will. Well, Clint Hurdle's not around the Pirates, but maybe they will this week. But, um, you know, my my Cincinnati Magazine piece this week, and we won't get too deep into it, but the whole thing was basically the Reds' terrible start by the numbers. And and I I dove into the numbers, and, man, it is just – it is ugly, not just the record, but and not just the individual performances, but you know when the thing published on uh, on Tuesday, the Reds' team ERA was six point one nine. Second worst was uh, the Washington uh, Senators, I think is their name, five point zero eight. More than a full run worse uh, in team ERA in in hitting the Reds. Uh, you know, uh, six point seven three. By the way, that ERA is up to six point seven three now. <laughs> Six point seven three after three more days. Worse. Oh my goodness, that is embarrassing. Um, the Reds uh, hit, were hitting two hundred one as a team that day, which is just far and away the worst in the in, in the league. Uh, went weighted runs created plus sixty seven, which is just ridiculous. It was ugly. And then I, I dug a little deeper, and it was like if you look at defense, the Reds' defense was by the advanced metrics as much as you want to defensive run saved uh, on Fangraphs. Worse than the majors. Um, base running, Fangrass base running numbers, uh, whatever that metric is, worse than the majors. They had the, the worst team. I mean, look, they're three and 20. What are they, three and 38? What was what their record? It's not surprising, but when I started looking into the numbers, I was like, it's even worse than we realized. It's not like, the, again, it goes back to what I said earlier. They've not just been unlucky, they've been historically bad. The worst, it's the worst stretch of Reds baseball in my lifetime. Yeah, we can all uh, get excited for some people to come off the IL and actually get the the players that we've heard of in the starting lineup. But it's not it's not one thing that the Reds are doing poorly right now. They are doing everything poorly outside of a couple blips on the radar and a couple decent relievers. It's just been gross. Well, and that's the you know that's the part we'll talk about. We have a, a viewer mail question about it later, but that's the part that's frustrating. I mean, they post that uh, lineup every day. And, you know, you're, you're looking at these guys, you're like, wait a minute. 
12 months ago, I would not have known these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, TJ Frieda we knew, but, you know, uh, <laughs> they've got the Jake Fraley's and the um, – Who? You know, the Brandon Drury's and the the, the Colin Moran's, who I guess I didn't know. But, uh, you know, whoa, just whoa, a bunch whoa. of guys. Future Red All-Star, Brandon Drury. <laughs> Be careful. If we had to vote today. Maybe. Mm, maybe. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. He's – I don't know. Um, he's been productive. He leads the team, tied for the team lead in home runs with uh, with Tommy Pham. Uh, someone asked that question on on, on the Twitters. You know, there was someone made the comment. Um, in July, the Reds are going to have to have one representative at the All Star game because that's the rule. And somebody was like, "Ah, oh, Tommy Pham," and you know, then I admit the joke to Brandon Drury. Uh, if he's healthy, it's probably going to be Tyler Stevenson, and that's going to be the only choice, I guess. But no one else. Stevenson's they great, can, but oh, they can go the exciting route and uh, you make it Alexis Diaz or Jeff Hoffman. <laughs> Please, oh my goodness, I would give, I would pay actual United States legal legal tender for Jeff Hoffman to be the. I mean, that would that would put the cap on this one hundred and twenty one loss season. The Jeff Hoff. Hoffman's their all star. <laughs> the Hoff. I want to see a reboot of uh, of Baywatch with uh, Jeff Hoffman in the uh, David Hasselhoff role. All right, video coming soon. <laughs> All right. um, we're talking about the bad uh, bad rotation ERA. I guess we should say that Luis Castillo, on his, on his way back here soon, he made his final rehab start on uh, on Wednesday of this week. Pitched four and two-thirds. Uh, didn't give up a run. Uh, struck out seven, walked one. You know, that was uh, – Castillo has been the Castillo we wanted to see. And so uh, he'll be back. So again, some of these guys are going to start trickling back in, but man, Luis Castillo is one that I'm, I don't like going a month of my life without watching Luis Castillo pitch. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, A lot of these feelings, I think the, uh, the, the, the the twisted pleasure we've been getting lately will kind of go away once we have these players that we are genuinely invested in back in the roster. Luis Castillo, one of those guys, it is, just cruel enough for Reds fans to not be able to watch that change up every fifth day. Um, all the reports been fantastic. You know, he says he feels, you know, like really, really, really good. He used a bunch of reallys when asked. Um, the numbers are there. So very, very excited about Luis gracing us with his presence. Yes, please. I was going to save this question, but let me go ahead. I'm going to toss it to you, and, and, and I want to know what your thoughts are at this, Nate, because I, I have my thoughts, but I want to see what you think. This is one of our viewer mail questions, again, from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. This one comes from our friend Rich Thompson, um, who, uh, you know, uh, Rich is, uh, likes to give us a long question, and he was one of the shorter questions this week. Without any foreseen major roster adjustments, if the team can get at least 80% healthy by the end of May and stay healthy at that rate where, you know, for the remainder of the season, does this Reds team have the capacity to win at least 62 games? So, again, counting on everyone to stay healthy is uh, – I always say hope's not a strategy, and the Reds are, had no depth, so the front office was hoping everyone stay healthy. But let's say for let's, for argument's purposes that the roster – we get these guys back, all these guys, and we'll talk a moment about all the guys because we haven't even gone through the transactions of the week yet. We get, Actually, I'm going to go through the transactions really quick, and then I'm going to ask you this question. Jake Frey to the, to the injured list. Jonathan India back to the injured list. Joey Votto, Tyler Naquin, Nick Nixon Zell to the uh, the COVID injured list. 
The Reds brought up, of course, uh, guys named Ronnie Dawson and Albert Albert Omar Almora Jr. Easy for me to say. Um, so get uh, again, India Vado Naquin, since other guys were and Castillo were really talking about here. Get those guys back. They say relatively healthy the rest of the way. So uh, to to Rich's question, what do you think, Nate? Can they? Uh, do they have a capacity to win at least 62 games? I have a, an answer that I think is absolutely correct, but I want to hear what you say. They have the capacity to. We thought going into the season that if some things broke correctly, this team could be around 500. Um, they would need, what, 40 or 59 more wins? To get Where are they going to find those? <laughs> I think they can do it. One or two little hot streaks. I don't know if you listen to a late, night red, late Night Reds talk. Um, the most recent episode, but uh, we're really rooting for an eight-game win streak at some point because uh, there's going to be some tattoos involved. But, um, yeah, they can do it. The, we, we, we don't know what this team looks like yet. We have no idea what they're capable of because we simply haven't seen them try it out. Okay, a couple things here. Number one, I listened to uh, a, a good portion of the most recent Late Night Reds Talk uh, episode. And listen, those are our friends over there, and we'd encourage you, if, you, if you're smashing the subscribe button here at, uh, at Riverfront Sensei, go smash the subscribe button over there, too. We like those guys. Who's getting a tattoo? Because I, I, I missed that part. Who's getting a tattoo of the Reds going to eight-game win streak? Because now, all of a sudden, was, I'm invested. Do you remember who, who said it? Or I was going back. I, I don't remember if it was Nick or Tim, but uh, <laughs> one of the two, and Carlos correctly recommended that they ask their uh, their other halves. But eight-game well, win streak is all we're rooting for for the rest of the season. That and 160 – or 121 losses. Okay, well, I'll say this. If the Reds lose 102 games to have the worst season in uh, in Reds history, I will crowdsource a tattoo for myself to commemorate it. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first. I hope no one's listening and no one remembers that. Um, what are we talking about? Do you think the team can get to 62 wins? That quickly. I'm so, I've, I've lost so much interest in this team that quickly. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I think if the Reds are even relatively healthy the rest of the way, you know, we, we were joking about 102 losses or 121 losses. Yes. So the Reds will get, the Reds can absolutely, um, Avoid 100 losses. They can't. Come on. We have a lot of season left to play. And this team has a lot of fun players, a lot of good players uh, who have not performed up to expectations, certainly, but um, and have not been healthy. But uh, Rich's question was, if they're relatively healthy, can this team avoid it? Yes. This team is not necessarily a 100-loss team yet. And that was kind of the, the thrust of my piece at Cincinnati Magazine this week, which was, Yes, the Reds could be bad, but if you look at all the teams that started out this bad, not all of them were historically bad by the time the season ended. And uh, the Reds have some talent there. <laughs> it's hard to believe it now, but they're three and forty-one right now. I think I have to check, but I, matter of fact, I you know I don't over under one hundred losses. If you had to bet a thousand dollars. Over or under 100 losses. I actually think I would bet the under. I don't want to agree with you, so I'm going to say the over. But, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, if you're assuming health, which is tough, I mean, put Votto, India, Senzel, and Jose Barrero in that lineup, and it's it's a completely different baseball team. 
Um, I'm going to continue rooting for 121 losses, and you can't make me stop. But I wouldn't put money on that. I wouldn't put money on 100 losses either. Sorry. Yeah, right now I'm rooting for 121 losses. But when Vado and, and Senzel and Castillo and all these guys get back, yeah, you know it's it's easy it's it's easy to kind of laugh when it's you know Mike Mustakas making errors and uh, you know uh, what's that guy's name uh, Drury Drury I've heard uh, what's that guy's name. Um, it's it's fun it's fun to laugh or whatever, but when when the real Reds get back, I don't know. I, I don't I don't see it. I just um, come know, on. I challenge these other teams in the central. Just be ready when Donovan Solano and Mike Miner come back. It's on. You just watch it. You watch it, Cardinals. <laughs> oh, Donovan Solano and Mike Miner. It's on. Hey, happy birthday to Amir Garrett. He turned thirty this week. Um, yesterday, when people were listening to this, was Alejo Lopez's birthday. So, happy birthday, Alejo! Got freed for a couple days. I'm excited about that. You you got a little bit of traction on your Alejo Lopez rant last week, but uh, and he's back with the Reds. But he they won't let him play. again. Not that he's some superstar. He's not, and you didn't claim that in your rant. But no, I mean, what does it take to get that guy on the field? He's at least fun to watch. He'll he'll slap a hit occasionally, and uh, I don't know. I don't, Happy birthday, LA. He's not worse than Colin Fraley or Ronnie Almora Jr. Or Jake Moran or all these guys. <laughs> yeah. Um a couple a couple things we probably should uh should mention before we uh move on to uh viewer mail for the week in terms of the transactions. Reaver San Martin, as you mentioned um earlier, you mentioned him earlier, but I don't think I'm not sure we mentioned that. He was actually demoted to Louisville this weekend. Yikes. The thing about Reaver San Martin, who seems like a, a nice guy with an incredible name, just a just a mm. high-class name. Love that name. So Reaver big San league Martin. name. Big league name. Um, when he was demoted, or I guess maybe, I don't know if it's maybe before he was demoted, but uh, there was an interview with him in which he basically said, look, I've lost my confidence. You don't hear uh, you know professional athletes say that very often, but he said, I've lost my confidence. I, you know, I, I walked a guy and I gave him a hit and I was like, I just kind of, I was scared is what he, he kind of said. And so he's, this is a perfect example of a guy that has some talent. I mean, he's not going to be a superstar. He's, he, but he, I think he can be a legitimate big league pitcher probably out of the bullpen. But to hear him say that, and uh, uh, it just seems like the perfect guy that he's, he needs to go to triple A and just kind of get that confidence back a little bit and uh, have some success down there. But that was pretty stark to me to hear a guy actually say that. And, but, and it was obvious because once things started going bad for him in these big league starts, it just it was snowballed downhill. So good luck to Reaver San Martin. I, I know you've got a hot take on Reaver San Martin, so I'll let you go ahead and give it here. No, nah, I've been saying all along that he, uh, you know, we can, we can use lefty arms out of the pen. I think he can be that guy. I think he's got the stuff to do it. Wish him all the best. It's been tough to watch and been harder for him. So go down there, figure it out, and we'll see you soon. And, and the last transaction we really have to discuss is uh, it, this is a requiem for Aristides Aquino. We'll Aristides Aquino was – what's that? So we will not see him soon. We will probably not. He was uh, he was designated for assignment. Um, you know, I mean, I, I like everything about Aristides Aquino – except for the way he plays baseball. Is that unfair? I mean, he seems like a, uh, 
Uh, he's a great guy, and when he hits bombs, I love watching his bombs. And that August, I'll never forget it when he first came up. But uh, you know, he played in uh, in in 15 games. He batted four. He had 41 official at bats. He struck out in those uh, 41 at bats 23 times. His batting average 049. His on base percentage was even on the interstate 093. And then Aristides Aquino, who's here because he can hit bombs, his slugging percentage was 122. His OPS plus was negative 40. That's 40 percent worse than uh, than the average player. Uh, we were kind of saying the Reds should have designated him for assignment a long time ago because no one's going to claim him. I hate it for the guy, but um, I don't know. He he had one good season in the minor leagues, followed by one good month in the major leagues. I don't think Aristides Aquino ever plays in the big leagues again, and I kind of hate it because, he's again, he seems like a good guy, but um, he had to go, right? Even if it's for, you know, Jake Moran or whoever to take his place or, or, or you know, I don't know, Colin Friedel or whoever. I feel a little vindicated for my uh, you know, loud preference for Shogo over Aquino. And I think that guy at least deserved another chance. The Padres seem to agree. I never understood the fascination with Aquino. Like, we, we've seen it over and over and over again. Sorry, I just saw your shirt again. Oh, no. Oh, Chad is now doing what Chad does. He just got back from San Diego and decided to uh, buy some of the local apparel. I, think I do that. I don't think a friend of the podcast, Carlos Guevara, is going to complain much. But uh, If you're not watching on YouTube, you should be. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I wear my San Diego Padres cap now because uh, we're talking about the – he mentioned the Padres. I had to do it. He's just Go. such a big Shogo fan. Um, <laughs> we see it all the time. Guys come up, they get hot, and then pitchers figure it out. It's, it's, it's a common tale in the major leagues. As soon as there's a scouting report on you, Major league pitchers throw major league pitches, and this guy's never been able to hit him once in his entire career. Like you said, he had a good, one good year in the minors and one good month. And I was at one of those games. They went and played the Nationals, made my TV debut on Fox Sports That's Ohio. That's right. I remember that. Too. It was a big day for me, too. But other than that, the guy has been a really, really bad baseball player. Sure, he's got a good arm and played adequate defense. Whatever. I don't care. But it – I said, wish him luck. Brewed it for you while you were here, but I don't understand the fascination, and I wish we still had Shogo. I had, uh, uh, and again, not that Shogo was any, any great shakes. I mean, and, and you're not kind of claiming that, but uh, uh, first of all, we have to find that clip. We have to post that clip of you. Uh, your, I forgot about your television debut. Yeah, at the uh, at the Nationals game. Uh, with, the only Reds fan. Right, they found you in the in the stands. So you need to find that and send it to me. We'll post that up. Um, yeah, I mean, again, not that show. We're talking about a fifth outfielder, and not that show was great, and he's not in the major leagues now. But um, the Padres haven't called him up, have they? I don't think. I don't so. think so. Yeah. So, but again, we're talking about the the twenty fifth guy, twenty sixth guy on the, on the roster, and I don't know. I guess you could maybe make an argument for for uh, for Aquino, but. And, and not that Shogo did anything to, to you know, impress anyone. But uh, in terms of a guy that has a chance, I don't know. I just didn't see it with the air season. I hate that because I I really genuinely, I like the guy. Um, he was one of my favorite players for some crazy reason. But it's not because he could play. He's never yeah. really 
truly being quiet. I mean, he's a he's a triple A, maybe quadruple A player. He's just not a he's not a big leaguer, and that's not a that's not a you know a criticism. He's almost a big leader, league leader. That's a great compliment, you know, in terms of most players yeah. there. But no, I don't see any help the Reds. Just a, I hope you're signing bonus. <laughs> right. Um, though I, we we have to get into viewer mail, and so I'm not going to belabor this uh, much more. But I do want to make a quick uh, note that there was some uh, some some news coming from uh, John Heyman, who's just he's a he's New York Post. He's I don't know. I'm not going to talk. But we've talked to Heyman on here before, but he uh, had some some reporting this week that maybe former general manager Walt Jockety might return to take on a bigger role with the organization. And I don't want to kind of belabor that much, but I will say this, that I thought things couldn't get worse, but bring actually now actually reversing course. And and is Walt Jockety really worse than Nick crawl? The answer is probably no. So please come back. Walt Jockety. That's where I was. That's where I was going to go. Um, when I first saw the, the article, the report, uh, Threw up in my mouth just a little bit, contained it so I wasn't as in public, didn't, didn't make a mess, but a little bit. But then I started thinking more about it. And if he is the only person that the Castellinis have decided that they will just trust blindly and not meddle with, it, it stinks. It's not a good baseball strategy for a team that's Terrible. trying to win. But is it worse than what we are currently dealing with? I'm not so sure. He's completely old school, and it doesn't work these days. But on the other hand, the Reds have decided to go old school and uh, you know reject the analytics. So at least he has a track record. Whereas Nick Crawl uh, is uh, he's Nick Crawl. He has that going against him. Hash Brown, sell the team, Bob. That's all I have to say about that. Let's do some Let's viewer see. mail questions. You yeah. want to make? Can we, can we get to some viewer mail questions? Let's have have have. Bring the smiles back. Let's have some fun again. There you go. So we have some good ones. And again, I'll mention that I'm blown away by the fact that our Patreon family has continued to not just be loyal, but we're growing a little bit. And but but we're all still fully engaged. The conversation, our Slack channel is good. And the only thing I can attribute to is this: misery loves company, Nate. <laughs> It's been awesome. The guys are more active now than they were like the day after the lockout got lifted. It's, uh, it's super fun. They're they're plotting some moves for the next sort of uh, riverfront sponsored protests, if you will. We're talking. Um, one of the guys. One of the guys tagged me in a post today, just saying, "Hey, you know, kind of concerned. Wonder how Nate's fiance feels about uh, him convincing her that this business venture was was worthwhile." Um, I do have a funny answer to that. I was uh, I had the game on in the background today while I was doing some work for my full time job, and she sits down, looks at the score, saw ten runs for the Brewers, and was, says work, huh? <laughs> and just looked at me disgusted and walked away. <laughs> oh, she's a she's an angel. She's just an angel. I love it. Uh, bless her yeah, heart. You're right. The um, Patreon community is crushing it right now. But yeah, the insight, the takes are. They're great. Those guys are, they care. And it's kind of what makes it fun around here. It kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is that if the Reds were just garden variety bad, <laughs> you know, we might be like, eh, 
this is awful. I don't want to watch this, but they're so bad that I don't, we're having fun with it. And again, uh, if you want to come join us uh, in the Patreon family, the Riverfront family at patreon.com slash Riverfront Sensi, you toss a couple bucks, which we thank you for that. But, uh, you know, it, it's really a good community, good family, and we're having a good time. And uh, um, I have two questions I want to ask here uh, from viewer mail that kind of go together. And I'll give a, uh, I'll give a, a, an answer and then I'll let you uh, dive in. These questions come from our friends uh, Joey Gaditza and Kyle Kapler. First from Joey. Hey guys, well, this is getting almost entertaining to see how long this, this downward spiral goes. I bet our beer league softball team would have more wins. When does David Bell, that's, that's the Reds manager, when does he become the scapegoat? Sadly, it'll likely happen, says uh, Joey. Kyle Kapler says, have we entered the Jim Riggleman is the interim manager portion of the season yet? Also, how long will they hold on to Nick, quote, peaks and valleys crawl? So uh, I, I want to talk about this just a little bit because this is uh, something that in terms of a, an actual non-dysfunctional major league uh, uh, professional sports franchise, heads would be rolling right now. Heads would, I mean, again, I talk a lot about uh, European soccer. I'm a big uh, Tottenham Hotspur fan, as as many of you know. Tottenham Hotspur was in the champion. You don't know what the Champions League is, but they were in the Champions League. Six months later, their team was garb, was uh, struggling, and they fired their coach, their manager. Um, and so I, David Bell does not deserve to be fired. I don't love David Bell. I don't think he's a very good manager. I don't think he's a bad manager. I think he's just mediocre. He's average. Uh, Nick Crawl is not. Uh, Nick Crawl's not capable of being a big league general manager. I hate to say that. I mean, he's been put in an awful situation, but he's shown me nothing that thinks he needs to be a big league general manager. But um, I don't know that I would fire either of those guys because they've both been put in a position where it's impossible. You could put me in in uh, either of those positions, and I am the most brilliant baseball mind anyone of you have ever met. I know everything there is to know about the baseballs. Watch it, Nate. Um, you know where the bodies are buried. Don't tell any secrets. <laughs> I couldn't do anything with this team. So, yes, David Bell is not particularly good at his job. Nick Crawl is probably actively bad at his job, but they have been put in a position where it's it's no win. So uh, I guess the way I'll say is I think that uh, Nick Crawl's not going anywhere because they'd have to hire an actual general manager, and that's not going to happen. I think there's a real chance David Bell gets fired. And I've said this on the here before, but and we debate this, but the more I think about it, I just feel like that would be an easy way for the Reds to find a scapegoat. Again, I've said, I'm not repeating anything I didn't already say before, but I still think it's true. And it's uh, it's a shame. The flip side of that is, will they, will they fire when they have to pay him plus another manager? Uh, maybe not because, you know, the Castellanians. But um, I, maybe that's what's most frustrating for me is that no heads have rolled. And the reason no heads have rolled is the heads that need to roll, quote unquote. I'm not suggesting anyone actually execute the Castellanians, but they're the guys that need to go. I mean, it's 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 not it's not Nick Crawl's not good at his job. It's not his fault. David Bell's not good at his job. It's not his fault. It's the Castellanis' fault. So, um, but are we surprised that a big league, quote unquote, big league franchise? that no heads are rolling because of this, because over the entire history of Major League Baseball, someone would have been fired. 
Yeah, I don't have a ton to add to that. You kind of hit the nail on the head. I will say that, yes, Joey Gaditza, our beer league softball team, would have more wins. I don't know if you've seen that roster. Chad is the manager. The lineup construction is on point. Don't have an argument there. Um, I think Bell has to go soon. You see the uh, the brooms behind me. They can't keep stacking up. Three straight sweeps. Somebody has to do something. I agree with you. It's not his fault, but uh, it's shocking that no heads have rolled and one will eventually. I think that if he didn't have a guaranteed salary, he would have resigned. I mean, these these work conditions can't be great for him. So whenever he does get fired, he's probably got that got that box of office goodies already just sitting behind the door. He's ready to go. Um, I don't think Nick Kroll is going to get fired. The Castellines have their yes man. He will just proven that he will do exactly what they say within hours of them saying it. And he'll go out there and he'll, he'll, he'll toe the company line. It stinks. And, and yeah, yeah, we've talked about it here uh, in previous episodes, but because um, because some people say, well, they should resign. They should have the the, the fortitude to resign. Uh, and I just exactly there are thirty jobs as major league baseball manager. David Bell has worked since his playing career ended. Every day of his career has been spent trying to become a major league manager. And of course he was, he was in front office for a while in, in San Francisco. He wasn't always a coach, but that was, that's been the goal. Is he going to really quit when they're paying him to do that? No. Um, and, and, and I think I'm him. I'm thinking, well, you know what? Later on, I'll still get a shot at another major. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not true, but I think he can make the case that I'll still get another shot because people will recognize that the Castellini hamstrung me. Yeah. Um, Nick Crawl will never be a general manager anywhere else. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, like an Applebee's. <laughs> maybe, maybe an Applebee. <laughs> Sorry, you caught me off guard there. I, uh, <laughs> um, oh, mercy. Uh, let's go to the next question. <laughs> We have another uh, dual question here. This comes from uh, a couple of our friends, Joseph Prince and Nathan Sturworth, who kind of talk about the the overall strategy with the Reds. Joseph Prince asks, are we now in full rebuild mode? Trade anyone and everyone for AAA prospects and use hope as a strategy for 2024. 2024, man, that's two years from now. After all, the last rebuild was a huge success. And then Nathan Sturworth. (laughs) I know. Nathan Sturworth, uh, maybe the best uh, name in the uh, the Red Leg Nation. Oh, wait a minute. This is uh, not Red Leg Nation Radio anymore. We're the Riverfront. The Riverfront family. If the Reds, quote-unquote, plan is to be competitive in two or three years and they no longer plan to extend players, India and Stevenson will only have a couple years of team control at that point. Do you think they will then trade them for nothing like they did Winker? And and I'm here to say I don't I don't think we can answer either of those questions. Because I don't think the Reds have a a plan, an actual plan, and so how do we know uh, that they, you know, they're going to reverse course in uh, you know twenty four hours? I, I just don't think we know. And yeah, I think maybe the, uh, a thing that would probably benefit the Reds. Not that I'm in the the habit of giving advice to the Reds, but maybe why don't you just come out and tell us what your actual plan is instead of this nonsense that the Nick Crawl peaks and valleys and they're trying to fool the they're they're basically trying to assume we're all morons. Um, so I don't think I can answer those questions. Maybe you can, Nate, because I don't think the Reds have an actual plan that they could actually kind of uh, delineate uh, on paper, quote unquote. I mean, it hurts my feelings to think that they might 
trade some guys like Castillo and Male. Um, hopefully they'll wait until those guys are playing really well. They do. The problem is I don't feel confident in any way, shape, or form that they're going to get good returns for those guys. Um, the thought of shipping out Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan, of course, early, just it, it hurts my soul. So I'm going to root against that. Um, I agree with you. There, there isn't a defined plan. It's, we'll see what happens when uh, Nick picks up the phone. He looks down at his, at his iPhone and sees a call from one of the Castellinis. He's like, all right, what am I doing today, boss? That's it. The truth of the matter is there is no legitimate plan. I mean, if you're if you're trying to make a plan for the, the next five years of this organization, there is no legitimate plan that does not include Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, Hunter Green, Nicola Dolo. I would even go so far as, you know, Matt McClain uh, down in AAA. Um, yeah. or double Graham a, Ashcraft. I'm just, your guy, Graham Ashcraft. There is no legitimate plan that doesn't include those guys. Now, maybe it includes trading those guys for other guys that fill other holes in the organization, but um, I don't know how you can't just build around those guys. That has to be the core, unfortunately. Step one, I want to give everyone hope. plan. Step two, stick to it. I would, I would not be upset with that. Even if I hate you know, what it takes to get there, tell us what the plan is and stick to it for several years. See it to the end. Yeah. Dick Williams, when he was here, he had a plan. He made some missteps. Every every decision that was made during that time was not perfect, but it was a plan. And if they had stuck to that plan, they are competitive today in May of 2020. Period. I mean, they may not be the best team in the league, but they're competitive. And instead, the Castellanis cut the legs out from under uh, under Williams and, and Cal Bode and the organization, and we are where we are. So... Oh, can we? Uh, I guess we're going to do some. Please move on. Just rapid fire here. <laughs> I know we're trying to laugh, right? Um, rapid fire here the rest of the way. So, first, Joe Farsing. This is not actually a question, so I'm going to read it. <laughs> FC Cincinnati has more wins this season than the Reds. The Washington Generals have more wins than the Reds. Charlie Brown has more wins than the Reds. We suck, is what I'm getting at. That's all. Have a good day, gentlemen. The worst stat of recent days is this. 2022, that's the current calendar year. 2022, Cincinnati Reds have three wins. The Cincinnati Bengals have four wins in this calendar year. FC Cincinnati has four wins in this calendar year. Oh, man. If you want to root for a good red team, Liverpool just made the Champions League final. Pop on over. To the European lands, our buddy Calvin Medcalf might know what's up. Root for a winner. Whatever you do, do not root for the Tottenham Cold Spurs. <laughs> if you are not watching on YouTube, then you're <laughs> lucky. You're lucky. Don't. <laughs> Sorry, I went and got a Tottenham uh, scarf because I will not allow any Liverpool nonsense on my show. Um, Jerry Saduth, um, no question, just a quote and a comment. Here's his quote, quote, We are in the depths just now, permeated by disgust, saturated by gloomy thinking. That's from George Templeton Strong, July 14, 1862. 
Strong, of course, was referencing the Civil War in this quote, but Jerry says it, Jerry says it applies to my, as well to my uh, this year's Reds. This is the worst I've seen in my 30 plus years as a fan. So we have a, uh, a Civil War quote, which I would, uh, you know, I, whatever. But I will say this in my uh, Cincinnati Magazine comment column that I uh, referenced for this week. And please go to Cincinnati Magazine, click on the link, open up a different browser, click on the link again, send it to your friends, tell them to click. I don't care if you read it, mm-hmm. just click on the link. Um, I started out with a kind of a perversion of a, a Charles Dickens quote. It was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of Castellini. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of have a little faith. It was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of peaks and valleys. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the spring of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. Um, yeah, so I, I that was uh, from Attila Two Cities. Um, and so we've my had, editor allowed me to get away with it. We've had Dickens. We've had Civil War comparisons. I'm more partial to the, uh, the McDonald's McFlurry machine. It's like everybody gets excited during spring training. They're going to bring the whole family to McDonald's. You're going to get a nice, cold, delicious McFlurry. Maybe Oreo, maybe M&M's. I don't know. Then you get there, and the machine's broken. Everything's broken. Why is everything broken and nothing on the field or in the McDonald's restaurant? And I'm disappointed time and time again. The Cincinnati Reds, the McDonald's ice cream machine of professional sports. Kelly Buckner. Now, this is a little bit of a long one, so I'm going to read through it, There's not, uh, and, and we'll quickly try to answer it. But Kelly Buckner asks this question. I am a diehard Detroit Lions fan on top of a being, being a diehard Cincinnati Reds fan. First of all, how hard must it be to be a Reds fan and not be a Bengals fan? Because at least the Bengals gave us uh, something to, uh, and I don't know, everyone's going to make fun. They always make fun of the way I say Bengals. Bengals? Bengals? Anyway, Bengals. yeah. Reds and Lions? So let me tell you the pain I've felt in the last 10 years. I always believed the worst-run sports organization was the Detroit Lions. After what ownership said and is done, I believe currently the worst-run organization is the Reds. Can you guys think of any worse complete meltdown in sports than what's happened in the past two months with the Reds? The 76ers, which is, again, my team, had trust the process. The Reds have just trust. <laughs> that's so much. That's so funny to me. It's actually faith. Have faith, uh, according to Phil say. No process, no plan, simply just trust us. That's so true, Kelly. I can't possibly see the Reds being a competitive team in the near or distant future. How could I? Can you guys possibly pull me out of my pity party, boohoo me mood, and shed a sliver of light for me? Always listen. You guys are saints for keeping up with this podcast. Um, I appreciate you sticking with us, but we're having fun. We're having fun with the podcast. I enjoy talking. I can't believe I still enjoy talking about this team, but... The Pirates are a worst-run organization. Is who I would say, you know, um, I don't know about a meltdown, but they are even right now. The Pirates are a worst-run organization than the Reds. You've got um, the Washington Commanders. That's a that's that's a tough one. Um, the uh, the pre Steve Ballmer Los Angeles Clippers <laughs> had a rough go. Yeah, there you go. That's true. Um, can I uh, give a, some uh, some hope to our Detroit Lions fan? I like your Pokey Reese tilt right there. It was good. I had a little Pokey Reese, uh, yeah, uh, hat tilt here. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, sorry. Um, I also got some some sun out there in uh, San Diego. You might be able to tell. Um, 
here's what I'll say about Kelly about the Detroit Lions is uh, I have a I have a son one one son and uh, he's a high school age uh, kid and he's uh, he plays basketball and um, once he plays uh, the travel basketball and one summer one of his coaches the assistant coach on his uh, travel basketball team is a player that the Detroit Lions drafted this year so. I'm here to tell you that you need to be excited about the Detroit Lions. Their fifth-round pick coached my son in travel basketball. Fortunes are turning around. Something like that. So he went to the wrong college, but uh, good luck to to that guy. But uh, anyway, the fifth-round Lions pick has a connection to the larger Riverfront family. James Urban, while the Reds are not fun right now, I will say I've had a lot of fun checking out former Reds doing well in other places. Have you guys been watching anyone this year? Lorenzen has been especially great. Uh, Michael Lorenzen has been really good as a 30-year-old starter. He's 3-1 and one, uh, for the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim with an ERA of uh, 3.04. He's been pretty good. The other guy I would say is our guy Nick Castellanos, who – you know, uh, you look at he struggled maybe a little bit early, but he's got a 307 average now. His OPS plus is 149. Um, Nick Castellanos has been everything that he could have been for the Reds if they wanted to pay him. So, other than those two, Nate, anyone else you uh, you're kind of watching? Uh, Eugenio started out super hot, though he has cooled off a little bit. Winker uh, kind of started slow on the counting stats, but the you know all the, the more advanced stuff's looking really good. I try not to watch it because watching this team that we actually like is depressing enough, and watching players that we don't have but should have play well elsewhere, yeah, it's just not good for my mental health. Amen. All right. Um, Hooper Powell. Wow, some long questions here, he says. Come on, I don't need your editorial comment, Hooper Powell. Mine is simple. Which is better? Cerveza? Or tequila? Mm. What do you think, Nate? Cerveza or tequila? As a blanket choice, I'm going cerveza. Happy Cinco de Mayo. But tequila as an ingredient in a margarita, superior to cerveza. I like margaritas more than cervezas, but cervezas more than tequila. Ooh, interesting. You broke that down. That's good. I'm going to go with cerveza. Bartender for a long time. <laughs> there you go, former bartender. I like it absolutely. I should. We should. I should just let you answer this and stay out of the way. Um, I was uh, again. You may have. Uh, we, we mentioned I was in San Diego this week, and uh, uh, Old Town San Diego. Our buddy Chris Garber, who's on the show here often, and uh, the best author of The Big Fifty, The Men and Moments of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, he used to live in San Diego for a while. The only guy on earth that ever moved from San Diego to Columbus, Ohio. Just like uh, LeBron James was the only person who moved from Miami, Ohio, um, not Miami, Ohio, Miami, Florida <laughs> to Columbus. Um, Chris was giving me some, some ideas, places to go, things to see when I was in San Diego, and he mentioned Old Town, San Diego. So I said, okay, I went there. First night I was there. And oh my goodness. It was amazing. They had a Cinco de Mayo festival going on down there. It was, I mean, yeah, a big time, you know, Mexican influence, obviously, at San Diego. And, um, you know, lots of uh, cerveza, lots of tequila there. Not that I partook necessarily, but um, I'm just, uh, I guess I would say happy Cuatro de Cinco. 
That's uh, that's from Arrested Development. You're watching Arrested Development, Nate? Huge fan. Um, how could you not be? If you're not, then I judge you and probably boo you in public. Exactly. I just got to say things. that I pride myself on being uh, one of the best bartenders out there, slightly behind Adam Dunn in Dallas Buyers Club. Well, I'll put you actually ahead of Adam Dunn in uh, in bartending and behind him in everything else. But uh, you, you remember Sean Casey? Oh yeah. Sean Casey posted something on the on the Twitter's uh, some kind of T-shirt. I don't I didn't really pay attention. Some of that is he has a some about the mayor T-shirt. Anyway, Adam Dunn responded to him today and said, "Oh man, I want one of those. Um, I wear a medium, but if you want to send me a double XL, I'll take that." Something like that. So <laughs> classic, classic Adam Dunn. All right, last question. We got to get out of here. Seth Shaner asks, we've been over and over the atrocities committed by the current Reds ownership. My concern going forward is what has to be an unintended consequence of what these folks have done to this once great franchise. Coming back from a rebuild can be done, but coming back from a gross three and 22 type start could leave such a black mark on this organization and clubhouse that it can't recover. What will become of the Greens, Lodolos, and Indias after going through this? My answer to that is you put a good team around them and nothing comes of it. I, mean, it's, I don't think there's any like extended uh, problem with, with the good players if you put a good team around them. The problem is um, how do we get out of this uh, situation? It requires the Castellanis to commit, and that I'm not sure I'm not sure we're going to see, but I don't know. I just um, – the Reds can come back, but only if the organization commits to coming back from it. I don't think that a, this season has to be something that lingers. These are professional athletes. Any other thoughts, Nate? Nope. That was it. These guys are pros. Winning will change everything. If they threads going on hot streak this year, next year, the year after, while these guys are in a contract, yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna remember how how terrible this was. They're always looking at the yeah, you know, the day ahead of them. They're pros. They've got uh you know, they don't they don't get as invested, I would imagine in the emotional highs and lows as we do. They have such rigid routines and structure that they're just trying to win baseball games, thankfully. Because if they had to feel the way I did, then I can't imagine going out and doing my job every day. I agree. I will say this, though. I think that the the fact that ownership just kind of quit on them right before the season, I think that's had some kind of an effect on the way they've played. I don't, you know, I don't think they're immune to that. But I think once uh, you know uh, the the organization decides to start winning, I, I don't I just don't see a lingering effect. Is I guess what? Yeah, I, I mean, so it might hurt if they make it to free agency and they're you know still entertaining the thought of sticking around, Cincy. Uh, one one last question I've got for you, Nate, is you have uh, now three drawings of brooms behind, if you're watching on YouTube uh, behind you on your on your whiteboard. Will there be a fourth added, or do you think the Reds finally break this streak of being swept uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates? Well, that actually has nothing to do with the sweeps. I'm just really trying to learn how to draw brooms, so I was just practicing and comparing my previous attempts. But uh, they're going to win one. They're going to win at least one. Please, God, can they win at least one? (laughs) Um, They got a doubleheader on Saturday. It'll be one of those. That's my prediction. There we go, and we'll see if uh, Saturday, uh, by the, before the game starts, the Reds have uh, cleaned out the, uh, the the bed of that Toyota Tundra because of the uh, the <laughs> refuse that might be that might be in the back. Hey, listen, this is uh, this is uh, the Riverfront 
episode number 423. We are at youtube.com slash Riverfront Cincy. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and like us and uh, hit that thumbs up button and then smash that subscribe button. Come on, it costs you nothing to smash that subscribe button. It also costs you nothing to follow us on uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at Riverfront Cincy at all those places. Just give us a follow and uh, and hang out with us. If you listen uh, via audio, we've always been audio. We will always be an audio podcast. So you can find us at every one of your uh, your podcast apps. We're on uh, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, anywhere you you look for podcasts, we're going to be there. Subscribe to us. Uh, if if you happen to be listening via audio and you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, go to go to iTunes and uh, give us a five star rating. That helps us get new new listeners and uh, and we appreciate it. If you want to toss uh, a couple bucks our way, keep the ship going, and and have some a lot of fun. I promise you, a lot of fun doing it. Go to Patreon.com/slash Riverfront Cincy and and join the family because even during these bad times, we're having a blast. We literally are having a blast, and uh, I just can't say enough about our our Riverfront family. Our, our Patreon family. Uh, Nate, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, that's it. Uh, Patreon's awesome. It's like group therapy. We'd love to have you. Other than that, hey, we're all in this together, Reds fans. Let's, let's keep smiling. Misery loves company. For Nate Dotson and Adam Dunn, this is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone. <laughs>